and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. Still uh, getting some of the ring rust off and uh, uh, trying to get back in the saddle here. Is uh, I won't tell you how many takes it took just to get to this point, but my name is Greg Mahachko. Joining me for a very special episode of this Five Heart Podcast. You know him, he's been uh, on here really holding down the fort with our uh, fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. No John this week. He said, screw you guys, I'm taking a week off. And after <laughs> the months that I've missed, I can't blame him. Todd Wolverton is here. Hello, Todd. Hey, Greg, how's it going? It's good to see you again, man. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's going well, going well. Uh, life, is, life is busy. The uh, oldest has just started soccer. Uh, for the very first organized sport, and 15 minutes into his very first soccer practice, he goes over to my wife and says, I don't want to do sports anymore. <laughs> so uh, good news is second soccer practice is tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to get this figured out. It's running and kicking the ball, kid. It's not that hard. So also joining us this week, uh, he is our uh, really our resident uh wrestling beat writer, if you will, at coronation.com. Dylan Gunther. Dylan, welcome back to the show. I know it's not your first time. How you been? Oh, man, I've been doing good. Uh, speaking of kids, I got my kid going to kindergarten pretty soon. So Same. Free, day, free daycare, man. Right, not free for me. <laughs> we were just talking about this uh, before the episode. Uh, I've been before. waiting for this day for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, the good news is our regular daycare bill will go down a little bit. Uh, the bad news is we're right. sending him to private school and, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, as we're recording this, it's the first week of August, of course. Um, and here's the thing. I know a lot of people are thinking it's, we're in fall camp. Where's the football talk? Give us a week. You know, there's a lot going on in the wrestling world right now. And uh, so we've got a couple of, uh, well, Dylan, who's our expert, whether he wants to admit it or not, and Todd, who's an okay <laughs> number two. Or, um, <laughs> and and uh, But both of these guys, they, they love wrestling. They're very passionate, very knowledgeable about uh, uh, wrestling. So I, I figure we jump in because we're seeing the very best in the sport competing right now on, on the world level in the Olympics. And someone who's very near and dear to our hearts uh, in fact, might be the, uh, I, I, get, I don't know if I call him amateur wrestler or freestyle, folk style, which I learned that was a word uh, here today. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jordan Burroughs is, is laying down some commentary and doing some uh, um, analysis and announcing on on these uh, uh, Olympic Games and, and the wrestling. But so outside of like, you know, all right, this is where I'm going to lose a lot of the diehard wrestling audience. I didn't, my high school didn't even have wrestling in it. Like, I didn't really know about wrestling until I moved out to Nebraska and started covering, you know, like Shadron State College, Shadron High, uh, you know, uh, out there. But, you know, I, I, I Rulon Gardner, he was naming it was the Olympics, you know, uh, back then, so 2004. Um, but my real only knowledge of Olympic wrestling ahead of that was Kurt Angle. And I know that's a name you guys know, certainly for what he did on the amateur ranks. I knew him as gold medal uh, wrestler Kurt Angle, new to the WWF. 
you know, <laughs> it is what it right. is. And he's a hall <laughs> of famer there as well. So uh, that's a guy who just can, I, I think, do whatever he wants to do, um, you know, physically, you know, uh, and, and be successful with it. Um, uh, so Jordan Burroughs was really my, uh, way in, um, you know, I, I, I knew the name from my time out in Nebraska and then getting more and more, um, I don't know if involved with, that's probably not the right word, but, but more and more knowledge and interest in the sport. And he was lighting it up, you know? Uh, so, uh, of course didn't make the, the Olympic team this year, but is still representing, uh, you know, the, the sport in, in a very, uh, noble way, uh, by, by what he's doing from, from the, uh, I guess announcer's booth or table or, or whatever. So let, I, and when we started, when John pitched the idea of a, a wrestling, uh, podcast, uh, a wrestling episode of the Five Heart Podcast. I asked uh, you both. I said, "Have we ever done a Jordan Burroughs appreciation show?" And so <laughs> this is the the first half might be a little bit. The first portion of this might be a a, a little bit of that. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Three time Olympic gold medalist. No, uh, one time. One time Olympic. He's he he won a a world gold along with that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I only hear about him when he's. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought he was much more successful than he is. Uh, famous for the <laughs> famous for shooting the doubles, um, as it were, and and kind of made that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if 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 I know the terminology based on what he's you know doing with it in the sport, then that had a lot of success with that. So let's talk. Of course, he's uh, you know we're talking about Jordan Burroughs because he's a Husker, you know, and, and uh, while he didn't make the Olympic team. And I know, Todd, uh, you want to talk about some of uh, what he's doing from the uh, announcing and uh, analytical or analyst side of things. But he will be competing again in Nebraska, uh, which we can talk about here as well. And that's in the uh, the world's is it team trials trials in, yeah. in Omaha, right? No, it's Lincoln. Be in Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, for two. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep plugging away there, Greg. From now on, the rest of the show is going to be me like re- reading a prepared topic. Be like, take it away, guys. <laughs> 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 All right. So let, let's start, uh, Todd, where you wanted to kind of kick things off and talk about, uh, you know, what Jordan is, is bringing to the sport uh, this year from the Olympics. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, definitely uh, – Wrestling has been going on in the Olympics, you know, the last couple of weeks. They started with Greco and uh, with the men and, and women's freestyle. And then they transitioned to uh, men's freestyle, you know, three or four days ago. And, um, you know, even though it's the first week of August, wrestling really never takes a break. And for people that follow coordination, they should have had a chance to read Dylan's articles Um you know, you've got the high school college season and then you've got everything else. And uh, it's been a very active summer season, if you will, for Nebraska wrestlers at many different levels. And I know that Dylan will bring us up to speed on that. But anyway, with the Olympics, um, the Americans have done very, very well in men's freestyle and women's freestyle, for that matter. And um, David Taylor's won a gold and, and Thomas Gilman, who wrestled at Scott High School in Omaha. Uh, then was uh, an Iowa Hawkeye after that. Thomas Gilman got a bronze medal. Um, he's, he's now training at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club out in Pennsylvania. 
Um, Gable Stevenson, who John is absolutely fascinated with. I mean, and he is, something. um, he is going to wrestle for a gold at 125 kilograms. Um, Kyle Dake is in the, what they call it the rep charge or the wrestle back. He's the one that knocked Jordan Burroughs out, uh, at the Olympic trials. Um, you know, and he's doing well. Um, you know, it was, he was upset. He was beaten badly, which really shocked me. Uh, and then you got Kyle Snyder coming along too. But anyway, so as soon as freestyle started, I heard a familiar voice and it was Jordan Burroughs and he is doing the studio commentary for the Olympic coverage. And he also does a little bit of the commentary along with coach John Smith from Oklahoma state, you know, in some of the matches. And I'll tell you what, Jordan Burroughs is outstanding. He's got such a mellow manner, but he's so insightful. And, um, yeah, he, I, I never knew this about him, uh, how knowledgeable he is about the historical perspective of the sport, um, let alone the tactical stuff. And and just listen to him and you learn something, you know, every time that, that he talks. And he, he not only gives insight on the American wrestlers, which, you know, he knows well, he provides a lot of insight on some of the guys from Iran and, and Russia and other wrestlers from other parts of the world. So it's it's really been kind of a treat um, to be able to listen to him and, um, you know, think, yeah, that's that's Jordan Burroughs. And while he's not out there on the mat, you know, he's still actively involved and he's providing insight and, um, you know, Nebraska's own, so to speak. So it's it's been real pleasant listening to him. And, and uh, you know, I thought it was interesting today or this morning when I watched Kyle Dake wrestle. Jordan, you know, he and, he and Kyle Dake uh, – have, have a pretty contentious relationship. Um, they are, they respect each other at a high level as competitors, but there's not a whole lot of friendship, shall we say, <laughs> between the two of them. Uh, but it's been real fun listening to Jordan Burroughs as he's described and talked about Kyle Bake. And I think that's got to be tough, but he's done a, a professional job with it. And it's been really, really interesting. So, yeah, that's what's been going on with the Olympic part of this. Great, yeah, great and I would uh, analysis, to Todd. Um, I, I would add to that that just, you know, Jordan Burroughs, whether he's commentating or doing an interview, he's an extremely impressive human being. Just his smarts, his ability to speak. I mean, he's super funny. He's really smart. He knows everything there is to know about wrestling. Um, he's just also just impressive, you know, like he's a, a family man, you know, he's a good dad and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, I really like, honestly, he's one of those guys that I've, you know, kind of covered from afar. And like, you know, like you said, uh, Jordan Burroughs appreciation, you know, episode, I've pretty much written a Jordan Burroughs appreciation article. So, um, you know, the guy's done everything you pretty much can on the mat. He still has more to do. And uh, yeah, he's done, a, he's done a great job. And, you know, like, it's got to be tough, like you said, to be out, out there commentating and not wrestling. And, uh, you know, the fact that Kyle Dake got decked in the, you know, in the quarterfinals, I don't know if that probably sat too well with Jordan thinking what he could have done out there, but. So a question, because, uh, obviously he was his coach at Nebraska, uh, and, and has been with him on, on the, on the worldwide stage is Mark Manning. And he's been, I think he was there. Uh, in in Jordan's corner when Jordan won gold, um, is, yeah he was. 
so how does it what what's the does every does every wrestler like Gable Stevenson for example you know he went to Minnesota does he have like his coach from Minnesota there does every every wrestler hat kind of bring their own coach or, or training crew so I, I guess yeah. the, the the genesis of the question is is Mark Manning in Tokyo or is he I mean I, I know that uh, we'll talk about uh, recruiting here in a little bit is he just out on the recruiting trail no Mark's Mark's not in Tokyo um I, I thought maybe I saw Brian Snyder sitting in uh, the stands, but with the, they're all wearing masks. So I wasn't sure. Right. Each wrestler takes is able to take their, an individual coach. Um, the freestyle team is actually coached by Bill Zadick and um, I think it's Joe Russell. Yeah. Uh, they both are headquartered out in Colorado Springs at the Olympic training center. So they're the two head coaches, but each coach then has a private coach. Plus, each of the wrestlers that qualifies can choose to bring along a training partner. And, um, you know, I'm not, uh, again, it's hard to tell who some of those guys are. You see them sitting in the bleachers, but they all have the masks on. Um, you know, it, it's never, it isn't unheard of for um, one of the Olympians to bring along the guy he beat in the trials as a training partner because they're good. Um, but Kyle Dake did not choose to bring along <laughs> Jordan Burroughs <laughs> as a training partner. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to ask that because it's got to be, you know, if you can pick uh, 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 a training partner, then it's almost like, you know, it, hey, look, this is a Husker podcast, so they're going to expect something football. Then it's almost got to be like competing for the spot in the 90s uh, on that, on that, you know, to be a, a, a starter, uh, and, and knowing, you know, what was the quote saying that when we play, uh, our, our practices are, are the most competitive, uh, you know, action we see in the season or whatever that I, I just botched that right. uh, paraphrase, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was wondering when, when Todd, as soon as you said, uh, you know, that he, they, each, uh, Olympian could, could take a, a training partner. I'm like, Jordan didn't get that call. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think he picked that call up either. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I agree with you, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's he's too much a competitor. He ain't gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. But it is it is good, you know, to like, like you said, to, the perfect strategy is to take, you know, the one that you just had the wrestle off with, you know, in in uh, right. qualifying to, you know, because that's going to be the best competition, and and so, yeah, if maybe if it was anybody else but Dake, then then maybe Jordan would have. <laughs> got got to go to Tokyo as well. So yeah, maybe. Um, I want to I want to go back to this you know freestyle because as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, I learned a new word. Uh, I just thought that what we see in high school, what we see in college, is amateur wrestling. Uh, and and Dylan, you enlightened me that it actually has a term. And, and look, I, I apologize to all of the uh, diehard Five Heart listeners out there who know everything that that I don't, that you're yelling at, at, at your mobile device or speaker saying moron. Um, but folk style, I just thought it was, it was wrestling, but yeah. And, and I, I made I the comment to you. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what freestyle freestyle. Don't give a crap about your ears. <laughs> and then you explained yeah. to me the, 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 uh, the yeah. tactical reasoning, reasoning yeah. behind the two. So if, if you can, you know, maybe in just a, a, a few sentences or, or just kind of briefly summarize the, 
aside from headgear and not headgear, some of the differences uh, st- strategically from folk style, which we're kind of used to here in America versus freestyle, which is global. Yeah. Like I, okay. So, you know, first I think it's important. I don't think a lot, as many people know the difference between them as you think. I think they are, you know, watching the Olympics and going, well, what the hell is that? That didn't, you know, that didn't, that didn't work over here. And when I was watching Nebraska dual Penn state. So folk style is what we do in America in high school, you know, amateur, whatever college. And there's a lot of time spent on top work, like where you're trying to control the guy on top, trying to turn him, trying to get pins, trying to get points, exposing him. And that leads to a lot of the, you know, the cauliflower ear that you see. So that's why a lot of like, you know, that's why they're mandated to wear headgear and freestyle. They don't have to wear headgear because freestyle is almost predominantly on your feet. You can get a takedown two points. Then you can try to turn the guy, but if you don't turn him in seconds, then the ref will stop it and bring you back up to your feet. Um, it's just, it's a style that a lot of guys, you know, it, it can be kind of a style that like you can be better at freestyle or folk style. Like a guy like Jordan, Jordan Burroughs, you know, who lives on his feet and shoots double leg, like he was made for freestyle. So that's why he was so successful with it. But then you see a lot of guys in college that are really good at turning guys, you know, working a guy on the bottom. They're not really that good at folks or at freestyle once they get there because all those skills they learn aren't applicable to the new style. And yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we keep the cameras on so you can see I raise my hand. So uh, I, I know what you mean by like uh, turning your opponent, but that's more like uh, like manipulating their body, trying to get them, you know, on their back, trying to set up that pin, right? right. I mean, if, if I'm okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, both folk style and freestyle have that element where you know a lot of times in freestyle, a guy will get like a gut wrench and start turning the guy all over the mat. So every time he turns him, he exposes him. That's two points, and you're on your way to a, you know, technical superiority ten zero. So it's kind, of, you know, there's a difference between two. I actually, like I told you, I actually think it's one of the detriments to Team USA, is that we focus so much on folk style for so long, and then all of a sudden these guys graduate college and they're thrown in the freestyle, you know, the freestyle ocean where all these guys from Russia and Iran and Ukraine and Turkey, they've been wrestling only freestyle their entire lives. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't spent all these hours working on, you know, the ground game and the turns and stuff you see here in the United States. So I actually think we'd be sweeping more gold medals if it, if it, if, if it wasn't for that, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so would there ever be a, a fundamental shift from folk style, like the, what what we've had for however long we've had wrestling to a more freestyle kind of from, uh, I, and I, I can only equate it so much, but you know, like if there's a, if they put a safety rule in place in the NFL, well, then college is going to pick it up and then high school and then right. youth, things like that. So if at the very tip toppy level, they say freestyle obviously is where we're at globally. So, you know, like where does because we're so entrenched in, you know, from youth to, you know, NCAA Division One, it's all folk style. It's all what, what we all know. Right. You can't ever really 
we, like, okay, well, it's 2025, new kids now are going to start learning freestyle. And and then by 2040, right. we're going to phase out folk style completely. Well, I mean, like don't, like, don't get me wrong. Like, these guys don't not work at it. Like, there's sure. a lot of, you know, ju- junior level tournaments where, like, you're going to Fargo National Championships and you're wrestling freestyle. But it's kind of like an offseat. Like, it's the, like, you know, like Todd said. It's the college and high school season, and then the off season, which is like freestyle and Greco. Gotcha. Which the these guys, it's it's almost like a in Nebraska, you know, kids play football and then track and baseball, but then in like Texas, they play football all year. So those kids are better coming out of high school than you know kids that you know maybe you know they don't have spring practice. Mm. You know, I'll tell you what, Greg. You know, you had a good question, and and here's the thing. Folk style has adopted in the last 25 years quite a bit of freestyle. They've changed. And, you know, the fundamental difference, folk style, the goal is to control your opponent. You control them. You want to control. And, you know, when uh, Dylan was talking about working turns and tilts and that kind of stuff, in folk style, you turn a guy to his back, you got to hold him there for two seconds to get points. Okay. In freestyle, you expose his back and you get points. Mm. Folk style, the goal is to control your opponent. Freestyle, the goal is to score and score quickly. And it's it's just a little bit different. But in folk style wrestling, you know, when I was wrestling in high school, way, way back, that looked a lot different than what folk style wrestling looks today. Um, They've expanded the mat. It used to be in folk style wrestling, when I was there, you have one foot outside the circle that was off the mat. Now in college, it's just the opposite. If you have your toe inside the circle, you can still score outside the circle in that big space. That came from freestyle. That's a freestyle adjustment. The fact that you could have a a difference, you can, you could just choose that the, uh, uh, if you're the person in control and you go back to start in referee's position, you can choose to let your opponents start up on his feet. You know, that's the influence of freestyle. They're, right. they're talking about even the push-out rule and, you know, putting the push-out rule in folk-style wrestling in the United States, which basically means if on your feet you push your opponent outside the circle, you get a point. Now, it's it's a little bit different. It would have different ramifications, you know, because of other right. aspects. But but um, there's a lot of similarities, and Americans do like freestyle, but you're not going to get rid of folk style. Uh, it's it's I, I don't think I don't think high schools. Um, it, it's it's the American way of wrestling. So it, the the NCAA wrestling tournaments what four days. Three, three days. Three, yeah. So if I just the, the way you know uh, everything's been explained to me, and this is great. I think the the title of this episode is going to be Greg gets an education. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, if if we went to freestyle, you know, and the the objective is to score points, score them quickly. Well, that three day tournament's now a one day tournament. So <laughs> NCAA is definitely not going to do that. They're going to be missing out on all those session tickets and things like that. So. Uh, but, Greg, you make another point that's really important there. You know, in the NCAA wrestling tournament and a lot of high school wrestling tournaments, you know, they're three-day tournaments. Sometimes they only wrestle one match a day. Mm. Some Maybe on the second day, 
if they're, when they're advancing, they might wrestle too. Now, if you get beat, you got to wrestle more. What you're seeing at, at the international level and, um, you know, a weight class wrestles all their matches in one day, except for the medal round. And they put that the following day, but that's just a recent change up until the last year or so, you know, the most elite wrestlers in the world would wrestle their entire tournament in one day. Wow. Yeah. Now, that takes conditioning, but I'm going to tell you what, I think that people would have a very strong argument that you have to expend a lot more energy in folk style wrestling and feel free to disagree with me here, Dylan, but I think they expend a lot more energy in freestyle re- or excuse me, folk style wrestling because of all of that contact that you have to have and work that you That's, have to yeah. do um, than, than in freestyle. So it's, it's a different that's why Americans used to have some success, you know, back in 1972, when Dan Gable won a gold medal in Munich, he wrestled nine minute matches, Wow, nine minute matches. So it's changed a lot. Yeah. And I would agree with you that, uh, there's no way folk style is going anywhere. Um, Personally, I prefer to watch folk style wrestling. Um, but if I was to be looking at it through the lens of how can the Americans get better on the international stage, I'd say let's go freestyle exclusively. But that's not my call to make. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other cool thing is, you know, we were talking about Jordan Burroughs and we were talking about freestyle. If people want to get out and watch some really good freestyle wrestling in Nebraska, they're going to have a chance in September. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think we should talk about that then. Okay. I was going to, I I was going (laughs) to, I was going to like, Ooh, a teaser for later in the show, but let's jump right to it. (laughs) All right. The world team trials. Let's hit it. Lincoln, Nebraska. Take it away. I think, I think this needs to be said about it. In the Olympics, there are six weight classes in the world championships. There's 10. So that means there's a lot of guys that are kind of stuck at a weight where you can go to world championships, but like to go to the Olympics, you have to go up in weight or down in weight. And that, you know, like Jordan Burroughs, for instance, he's lucky. He's a 74 kilo guy that is at the world championships and the Olympics. So he was never, he never had to jump around weight. A guy like James Green, another Husker, he is a 70 kilo guy but that's not an Olympic weight. So he's either has to go down or up to try to make the Olympics. And that's why he's never made the Olympics, but he's a five time world. You know, he's been on the world team five times. Yeah. And he, for the Olympic trials, he chose to go down, which was a lighter weight than what he even wrestled in college. That was just. Yeah. But he wasn't going to go up to beat Dake and Burroughs. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He he didn't have a choice. (laughs) <laughs> I think he had he had to go 65. Like, he had to go down. And yeah. he felt, you know, he fell short, which we kind of, I mean, honestly, I expected. Because um, he just, he didn't have anything in him at 65. But, uh, uh, yeah, we got, you know, Burroughs. Sounds like Burroughs is going to go up and wait um, to 79 and try to get that world, top, you know, that world, uh, that world spot and go contend for a world championship. And, you know, I think it'd be his... If he like goes to the world championships and medals, it'd be his ninth 
medal at a World Olympics. Are, are the World Championships, are they every year? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's got to be even better than the Olympics, right? It's actually pretty, like, it's a bigger bracket, too, so they're actually considered, you know, once you're at the tournament, kind of a harder tournament, but the Olympics are harder to qualify for. Well, I, I think if you if you if you are world champion 2020, or maybe they didn't do it 2020 because of pandemic or whatever, I don't know. Um, but let's say you're the defending world champion. Well, you got to go defend that shit every year. You know, it's it's you don't get four yeah. years off. You know, you can't take two years off and then go train hard for. I I know fully that that's not what any of these world caliber right. athletes are doing. Um, but you know, you've got to be in there, kind of in in constant uh, ready right. to go mode. So I would almost venture to say that that's you know, and that's why you see so many guys. That it's like this guy is a Olympic gold medalist, four time world champ. You know. It's like you can't win that many. You can't. You. It's almost impossible to win that many golds in the Olympics because it's every four years. So that's why the you know that's why like Jordan Burroughs has one Olympic gold, but like four world world golds. What is maybe you guys know this? Maybe you don't. The average age of retirement uh, from active competition. Well, with what you're seeing right now. Um, with these elite level wrestlers, you know, you're, you're seeing with the men in particular, you don't see many under the age of 20. You yeah. might see a, a, a handful, no. maybe. Um, but they're going to wrestle into their mid thirties. And, um, you know, so average age is going to be 29 to 30, 31. But in Greco, yeah. in Greco, we just saw the first four-time gold medalist, a guy from Cuba at heavyweight. And he's okay. one. And he's, is, he turns 40. He's going to yeah. turn 40 in the next few months. And he's a mountain of a person. Oh, he is. You think Gable Stevenson looks like a Hulk of a man. I think Gable Stevenson looks significantly smaller than this guy. Oh, my God. This guy's huge. Yeah. I, can't, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Even, dude, Gable, though. Gable was tiny compared to that Turkish guy he beat. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and here's the thing about Gable Stevenson though, is he gets the most out of, out of his, I mean, like being in, in competing in the NCAA, he wasn't even the biggest guy there, but you know, he, I try, try to, He's so fast. That's right. what it is, man. That's what it's he the has, speed, and, and he, I mean, he he has raw strength too. You know, he has he has some yeah. uncharacteristic abilities for a, a heavyweight wrestler. I think his Twitter uh, like cover photo or whatever is him uh, in the middle of a backflip. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's just like yeah, I mean, that, that's not not too. Uh, yeah, I, he has I, the I, he has the feet of about a fifty-seven kilogram guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he 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 can he hits. Dude, guys shoot on him, and he just goes around him. That's all he does. Yeah. You know. It's insane how fast he does it. It is amazing to watch. But, yeah, I mean, so Burroughs and Green will wrestle in the world team trials, and it'd be great if they both make it, you know, so, you know, to continue that. But, you know, also with the the whole freestyle story, um, we've got two current Nebraska wrestlers, Mikey Labriola and Peyton Robb, that qualified for a world team. And right. they're going to be the under 23 world team. And they're going to be wrestling pretty soon with some freestyle. Yeah. You know, U23, 
uh, freestyle has a lot of little levels. You know, you go from cadet junior to U23 and then senior level. So U23 is obviously just a step below that. Um, but Peyton Robb and Mikey Labriola are in back-to-back weight classes. And they're both, you know, obviously current Husker wrestlers. Labriola is going to be a junior. Peyton Robb is going to be a sophomore. And they both went undefeated at the U23 World Team Trials. Um, they were both super impressive. Uh, I know Peyton Robb didn't get scored upon until he got to the finals. Uh, Mikey Labriola, uh, he went 6 0. You know, he beat Drexel's Michael O'Malley, who's a really good wrestler, twice in the finals in a row in a best of three. Uh, I mean, honestly, you don't really see a lot of a world team having, you know, two members from the same school. I know Iowa has two guys on the U23, but that's the only other team that has two. Um, but I know these two guys are going to be, you know, this year and the coming years are going to be, you know, real instrumental to Nebraska. I think they have chances to, you know, do some big things like, you know, maybe some national championships or maybe even like just NCAA finals. Um, yeah, they're studs, and they're the next crop to come up. So <clears throat> how important is it to and, – and I know we're going to talk about recruiting uh, because I know that there's a, a, a Nebraska kid who's doing really well. <clears throat> and, and again, the, the off-season freestyle stuff um, – but how important is it when you have, you know, like a Jordan Burroughs who's had the type of career that he's had, uh, Mike Labriola, uh, uh, Peyton Robb. You have guys who are obviously succeeding in at the collegiate level, but elsewhere because it's not – I might be making a, a gross generalization. I apologize. I'm not out to offend anybody. Take it uh, – with the grace all of my overall ignorance, but nobody's out there getting like, you know, maybe Rolex commercials or Nike commercials or, or high draft picks. You know, there's not like, I, right. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jordan Burroughs is doing pretty well for himself, but nobody's out there signing, you know, like rookie contracts that are, you know, uh, eight figures or, or whatever. So what is it when, when you see the continued success outside of, you know, the confines of, of, uh, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, that is that really what helps, you know, bring in, you know, young, more young talent to a place like Lincoln, which, you know, Bo Pelini said famously was you, you just can't recruit to him. Well, I'll tell you what, here's, here's the thing, Greg, every one of those kids that is in college has aspirations to win an Olympic gold medal. And you got it, you know, very, there have been very few guys that have worked up to the international level who didn't wrestle in college. There's a few, not very many, but college is the next step. But what, what this says about Nebraska, which is really good, is that the regional training center that has been established in Nebraska is doing a really good job taking these guys and helping them develop that style of wrestling so that they can succeed. And that's attractive because, um, you know, dads, wrestlers, they're paying attention to these under three, under 23 results. And when they say two guys from Nebraska, and when they know that Jordan Burroughs came through that system, and when some of them know that James Green was here, 
Um, and before that, a long time ago, Brad Veering, who was wrestled in the Olympics in Greco, um, yep. a Nebraska kid, um, you know, that, that means something. And, and that's attractive for recruiting. And you're going to, that, that is leg up. You got, um, Alex Thompson, who has had a frustrating collegiate career at Nebraska. He was a four-time state high school champion from Iowa. And Dylan, he hasn't had a winning season yet, has he? I mean, he's no, no. not yet, but he has. No, but he's, he, he's a stud at Greco. Yeah, he's had success yeah. at Greco. And he's had a little bit of success doing some freestyle. Yeah. But, but being at Nebraska, you know, that's attractive to somebody – a smaller guy, because Alex Thompson is here, you know, that wants right. to develop into an international style wrestler. So, and then you like, you know, you talk about a guy like Ridge Lovett, who has a ton of success, freestyle, folk style. He won, you know, junior nationals last year. Um, you know, pretty much any tournament I'm looking at, I see a handful of Huskers or future Huskers or past Huskers like in the brackets. So, you're definitely right that, you know, these guys that, have aspirations, you know, to go on past college, you know, to the worlds and the Olympics, they're looking at Nebraska and saying like, these guys are putting guys on world teams. Yeah. They have a good freestyle system. Now I, I don't want to, again, this is me questioning, not contradicting. Is there, Todd, you, you said, and I don't, I don't feel, I don't, Take this as me disagreeing with you, but you said that anybody who's at the NCAA level, they all have, you know, Olympic gold aspirations. But are there some who, you know, like, ah, freestyle may not be for me. I just want to help Iowa. I just want to help Penn State. I just want to help, you know, Oklahoma State or, or you know, wherever. Um, you know, I, I just want to win the national championship. And, and you know, when, I, when I've done that three times, you know, whatever – uh, yeah. then, then I'm perfectly happy. So, I mean, are there exceptions to that rule? Yeah, th there are exceptions because a lot of those guys, you know, reality sets in, you know, after a right. few years. But, you know, then again, there are those guys that come from nowhere. Um, if And, <clears throat> you know, I, I can safely say this. Dylan might be paying closer attention than I am. But when I look at the guys that were on the Greco-Roman team, um I don't. I didn't recognize the names of any of those guys from wrestling in college, and those right. were guys that had some unique skills that weren't real successful, but they had that mental outlook, and they still had goals and aspirations of competing at a higher higher level. And um, yeah. you know, now the beauty with the Greco, and, and quite honestly, um, it's it's kind of the little hidden gem in the United States, is that the military has very strong yeah. Greco Roman wrestling programs. Uh, for years, it was the Marine Corps uh, way back when now it's the army, but all of the branches have competitive Greco Roman teams. And, and so you look at a lot of the Greco wrestlers and they've been in the military, they went to college and they went to the military to wrestle and train Greco. But um but anyway, you know, back to what you were saying, Greg. Um, yeah, there are some guys that eventually they figure it out. But the majority, I guess the point I was trying to make is, is that there's very few guys who have bypassed college, gone straight to a regional training center or the Olympic training center and really focused in on wrestling um, 
you know, freestyle. Um, not very many of them. I mean, like the most recent example I can think of maybe be what Henry Cejudo. Henry um, Cejudo, yeah. Uh, Pico, Aaron Pico, that he's an MMI, MMA fighter now. He, right. He tried to do that. Heath Schuler, I think, is another one. Not very many, though. I mean, it's tough. Like the coaching you get at colleges in the United States is really good. And if, you know, also like you, you know, we were talking about Greco. Greco is so specialized that a lot of times, like we're seeing with Alex, Alex Thompson, Greco guys don't really translate folk style that well. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand why. Cause a lot of the stuff they do is, you know, can be used in folk style, but yeah, I just, you know, I, apparently I don't know enough about wrestling to know why that doesn't happen, but um, I, I don't a, understand it, but yeah, a lot of those, you know, Greco guys, like you, like, where'd they go to college? Like, did they, you know, I don't know. A lot. I never heard of their names. So yeah, I'm still learning on the fly too. <laughs> well, let's transition a little bit from, from my, my question about, you know, all every, everything that we just spent, you know, time talking about of, of, uh, you know, the Lincoln kind of being the epicenter you know, for, uh, and maybe that's a little hyperbole on my part, maybe not. Uh, but you know, being certainly, a, a, a the performance center, the training, you know, center, uh, for taking these athletes to the next level. So let's talk about some Husker recruits since that was you know, kind of back, back our way into to that topic from, from, um, you know, watch, watching all, all of the current or, or former Huskers, you know, excelling, either very recently a little bit you know uh in the past and and so uh hopefully the the soon to be you know present with with burrows again at the worlds the uh rob and labriole on the u23 so let's talk about some of the husker recruits that have been stepping up big in their quote-unquote off season uh to uh you know i don't i don't know if it's you know bump their star from three to four, four to five. I, I don't know the recruit rankings, but uh, I, I think it's probably right. more, more simplified than that in a, in a one-on-one competition, you know, like, like uh wrestling. So Dylan, can you give us a, a little rundown of, of what's going on with the, the Husker wrestling recruits? Yeah. I mean, like obviously, you know, compared to a football recruiting class, a wrestling class is a lot smaller. Um, so, you know, like the last recruiting class, I think had five, six guys in it, which is actually like a decent size, almost kind of big class. Uh, but the class we got coming in, we got two guys in right now. Uh, one would be Antrell Taylor. Uh, he's from Omaha, Millard South. Uh, he's, I think, you know, like I think he's ranked number right now, number 12 in the country at 160 pounds. Uh, he's had a, he's had a pretty good off season where, uh, you know, he went to the ultimate club duels. He went seven and oh, wasn't scored on. Uh, you know, he, he went and got fifth place at the cadet world team trials, fifth place at the Fargo, uh, junior nationals. You know, he's one of those guys that when he comes in, he might start right away for Nebraska, depending on weight class. I mean, that always comes into it, but you know, he's had a, He's had a really good offseason. Uh, another guy out of Oklahoma, his name's Harley Andrews. 
and he just moved up to heavyweight. He's going to be – he's Nebraska's future heavyweight, no doubt about it. Um, he just helped his club team win a big, huge national duels tournament with dozens and dozens and dozens of teams in it. Um, at that tournament, he beat the number two guy, ranked guy in the country. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, he finished eighth at Fargo Nationals, but it was because he injured his knee, so he had to default out of two matches. So he would have definitely, you know, finished higher. But he wrestled the number one heavyweight in the country, and uh, he ended up getting pinned. But he was, he was down like eight, seven at the break. I mean, he's he was right in there with him, and uh, he was, you know, he's moving up in weight from two twenty to heavyweight now. So, you know, those two guys we got coming in. I think Andrews is ranked like third in the country at his weight. So we have like, you know, when you talk about like football. You know, like a blue chip recruit. Like these guys are blue chips. Yeah. You know, sometimes you bring in, you know, Nebraska will bring in two or three of these guys, and then they'll bring in some guy from Illinois who's not ranked nationally, but you know, is like you know some clay to mold. But like these get these kind of guys are ready to roll as soon as they step on the mat, because like you said, it's a one on one sport. You don't have to come in and learn a playbook. You don't have to come in. You know. You're not a defensive back, and you have to learn the defense. You've been doing this. So that's why wrestling, you see tons of true freshmen come in and just dominate because they've been dominating their whole high school career. And and you A know, lot of times they'll come in and do that. There might be some some you know tweaking some 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 coaching up on on you know right. adjusting yeah. some technique or something. But and I I think you know you mentioned you know uh, clay to mold, but wrestling is you know, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of college athlete. I'm not getting into, you know, like the, uh, uh, Olympic Taekwondo, you know, things like that. I, but I think wrestling might <laughs> right. be the only like college high school sport where you, you use the phrase like steel, hard and steel, you know? And, and right. I don't know, maybe, maybe the 90, you know, the, the glory days of the 90 Huskers had that where, again, going back to that old, you know, botched paraphrase. I was, you know, we're we're going up against the best defense we we're going to see all season. We're going to go up against them in, in practice. But right. when when you have, you know, top level wrestlers and you, it's it it's anybody. You know, you're having to wrestle off the the day before a duel or something like that. Who who's going to be in the lineup this week? That's you know that that's right. where excellence is born. And 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 like and all I I'll actually add this. I don't know if you like. I interviewed – I was on the press conference with Eric Schultz at the Big Tens – or no, NCAAs. And I asked him about, okay, you have Jordan Burroughs in your room. Like, what does that do for you? And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, it humbles you. Because I can tell you right now when he – he's like, when I walked in that room and I was ranked number one in the country at 197 pounds – he said, "You might be number one in the in the country, but you're number two in this room." <laughs> yeah. but, but so, you know, and, and and he said, "Burroughs is the only dude in the room he's never beat." And and that's what that's another thing that made Nebraska attractive. And you know, with Burroughs yeah. leaving, you know, to go to Pennsylvania, you know, he's moved out there to be closer to family, him and his wife's family. It'll be yeah. interesting to see, you know. 
Now, Nebraska did bring in uh, Turbo Delognev to run their regional training center, who was a national champion at Carney State, and he's a world he's a world medalist. Um, yeah, he's like a freestyle savant, dude. Yeah, he is something. Yeah. And, and so I think that that's going to be a positive too. But you know, when you look at you know, Greg, iron sharpens iron. That's why Penn State kicks everybody's ass. I mean, you know, Penn State yeah. brings these studs. And, and, you know, that's why Iowa, when Iowa has been at the top of the game, you know, there's, they've got so many of those kinds of guys in the room. And, you know, quite mm-hmm. honestly, Iowa was, was successful for so many years because so many guys were hanging around in the Hawkeye Wrestling Club afterwards. It's just not. Wrestling. He's talking wrestling, not football. So if you're a Jerk Eyes fan <laughs> listening to this, Get your head out of your ass. Carry on. <laughs> there you go. But, but, you know, for example, I'll give you another example of that. How good How good are some of those rooms? Well, uh, we said earlier that the Olympians, you know, could take a workout partner with them, you know, over to Japan. David Taylor, who just won a gold medal at 186 pounds, whatever that is for kilos or, uh, you know, he just, he's the new. 86, yeah. Okay, he's the new Olympic champion. He took that freshman from Penn State that just won a national championship over to Japan with him to be his yep. workout. Partner. Wow! Now you don't he's think a stud. <laughs> he is a stud. You don't Dude. think pay benefits to that freshman kid from Penn State having that kind right. of opportunity and having and, to wrestle David Taylor every day. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you know what? He probably got his hands on a few other wrestlers over there when they were working <laughs> out too. You know? Yeah. Um, the Bo Nichols and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, they're the best man. Yeah. And, and th- this is what's wonderful about Nebraska. Nebraska is you're seeing these guys making these, you know, world teams. You're it goes earlier than that. I don't remember the last time Nebraska had 10 plus guys wrestling one of those tournaments, you know, right. This is this is a new era for Nebraska wrestling. They've had guys that have wrestled, you know, in the offseason and offseason tournaments and, and the, at these different levels. They've had some before, but not to the extent that they are right now. I, I, I think this might be one of the best things that, uh, that, that has happened to Nebraska wrestling, you know, in, in quite a while. Right. To be honest. And honestly, it's, it's the younger guys. It's, yeah. You know, you're not seeing the Chad Red, Taylor Vens, Eric Schultz out there. You're oh. seeing... Ridge Lovett, you're seeing Peyton Robb, Mikey Labriola. None of these guys are seniors. So, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, even if you just look at recruiting rankings and stuff, too, there's a lot of guys coming up the pipe. Uh, Dominic Serrano just finished third place at Junior Nationals. Uh, You know, like it's – there's a lot of young guys that Nebraska has coming out that in a year or two – you'll see them on the mat and like, you'll be pretty surprised at how quickly they, you know, they get after it. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. Don't a couple more questions that are more general, you know, like again, Greg gets an education type of questions. So wrestling is huge in, in the Midwest. I mean, it's huge in, in Nebraska, Oklahoma, um, Iowa, Penn state, which is more East, but, but I don't know of it being, very, I knew of exactly one high school that I actually physically saw wrestling mats uh, in in their gym when I was in high school. That was the '90s, but you know, and come to find out now, 
you know, I, there are more of them that, out there than I realized, but I just don't know about Illinois. But I, I also didn't think that Illinois gave a crap about college football either because nobody's ever, you know, bragging about the Illini. So uh, a lot of it's my own awareness. But um, what what is it? Do you feel like popularity is is on an upswing uh, with with wrestling? It with like more is becoming more mainstream. Um, you know, I I just maybe it's. Maybe it's mine or maybe it's my own, like, unawareness, but I, I got pretty excited just the fact that they're showing, uh, you know, like the uh, Big Ten tournament on, on the Big Ten network. You know, it's like, there's been their basketball right. on type of thing, you know, that, that's, uh, but, and I, I was so disappointed that, you know, COVID happened last year and I didn't have an opportunity because I live, you know, 15 minutes from, the Enterprise Center in St. Louis, and and I was so close to so much elite action, and uh, I you know was working or, or whatever I was doing. But uh, right. do you feel like you know uh, mainstream wise that that this type of wrestling? Uh, I'm not talking about the Monday Night crap, uh, but like this type of wrestling is like on uh, on on the rise. Well, it it, it kind of depends on your perspective. That's what because, I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Wrestling, wrestling is big in the upper Midwest, which is the Big Ten footprint, you know, and it's big in California. High school wrestling is really big in California, and that's the epicenter for girls wrestling, quite honestly, is, is in California. Yeah. Oklahoma is a hotbed, but the here's what I, I think has happened. If you were to, when you look at the results from Fargo, which really, you know, we've mentioned that a few times, that's where they have the cadet and the juniors, which basically are your two high school age age groups. They have their national tournaments um, in, like, in July up in Fargo. And it is the largest wrestling tournament in the world. It's wow. huge. And um, but when you look at that, your dominant states for wrestling, Pennsylvania, number one. You get more, yeah. more All-Americans at the NCAA wrestling tournament who went to high school in Pennsylvania than any other state. Pennsylvania, tough. Ohio, tough. New Jersey, tough. Illinois right. has got good high school wrestling, too. There's good wrestlers that come out of that Chicago area. I was going to say, it must be up yeah. north. <laughs> in, also, also, Indiana. Yeah. Chad Reds. I mean, like a lot of that, a lot of that northeast – like just like you said, like the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area is just like that area with Ohio and stuff is kind of like the Texas, Florida, California with football. Yeah. Where it's like these are the three states that you need to pull a guy out of recruiting wise. And you, go ahead. You know, you look you look at a lot of the, like you said, a lot of the guys that win titles and, you know, like a lot of guys on our team, Mikey Labriola, Pennsylvania guy. You know, it's not it's no secret. Like when these guys, like you said, iron sharpens iron, these guys are facing the best high school wrestlers every week. When, you know, you go to a different state, you go to Kansas, for instance, these guys don't face the kind of competition that a guy from Pennsylvania does. Iowa on their, Iowa's national championship team last year, five Pennsylvania kids, five, half of them were from Pennsylvania. Uh, Two were from Illinois. Um, so, you know, anyway, popularity in some places it is on the upswing. And I think in, to some extent, I think because of, you know, the newness and the growth of girls wrestling, 
that's put women's wrestling, that's put attention back on wrestling. You got more eyeballs on the sport right now. Both, you know, maybe it's because, you know, some people have daughters that are wrestling now that never paid attention to the sport before. And now they're paying attention not only to their daughters, but, you know, the men that are wrestling too. But it, it kind of depends um, on what part of the region. I would, I would argue that wrestling, you know, uh, in general has dropped a bit in Oklahoma. I, I don't think that wrestling is as popular and nor is it as strong in Oklahoma as it was 20 years ago. I think I'd say the same thing about Iowa. But you look at these growth areas, Texas has finally sanctioned high school wrestling within the last, there were last five or 10 years as, you know, a, a, a scholastic sanctioned sport. Wait till football coaches figure out that offensive and defensive linemen can improve their footwork and their hands by wrestling. Right. And you will start to see the upper weight classes in Texas will fill up with all these studs that are going to wrestle. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, again, I don't know if you're exact or you're ballparking the, the five or so years that they actually made it like a state sanctioned uh, uh, sport. Are you telling me that Illinois had state sanctioned high school bass fishing before Texas had wrestling Texas may have had sanctioned wrestling 10 years, but it, it, it has not been much longer than that. Um, I, I remember. No, and, I, and honestly, if we're talking about Nebraska too, I think Nebraska's it's on the wrestling system has gotten incredibly better from the youth level on up. You're seeing a lot of guys coming out that, you know, like these sophomore, junior, seniors in high school, that are doing things that we haven't really seen a lot of high school kids do from this state. Um, you know, like Millard. Millard, they're just putting out guys. Oh, every, I, think, I think they had, what, three guys win? Uh, yeah, three guys win national championships to Fargo. Or no, two guys, two guys, sorry. Millard South. And, and then on top of that, Antrell Taylor finished fifth, you know? It's yep. it's, it's pretty wild what's going on in Nebraska right now. Honestly, like, we're going to get a lot of – I feel like Nebraska is going to get a benefit from that, you know, having a recruiting base kind of getting better and better all the time. Bill, and I think the big key with Nebraska is, you know, it's been 20, 25 years ago that the whole Huskerland program started with youth wrestling. And that put a statewide structure to the youth programs in Nebraska. Iowa doesn't have that. Pennsylvania does. Ohio does. Some of those other states do. But when they put that statewide structure in for youth wrestling, I don't know if Husker Land's still around today or not. I haven't paid any attention. But that put a system in place where everybody was kind of on the same page and they started developing these wrestlers. And then they started taking these kids to tournaments in other parts of the country, you know, uh, national level tournaments. Holy smokes, Millard South can go with any team in the country. You line, Millard South yeah. up, you line Millard South up with any of the best teams in the country, and they can compete with them very favorably with what they're putting yeah, out. Nebra hey, I'll tell you what, Coach Manning needs to live in that Millard wrestling room. Yeah. Recruiting-wise, he needs to be he needs to live there because they can get a guy every year out of that room. Exactly. And the other thing that's been beneficial is that there have been – some very successful wrestlers at a high level who have come back to the Omaha Council Bluffs area that are coaching clubs. Zach Dominguez, Zach Dominguez is an amazing 
coach. And he, I don't know what the name of his club is, but he's got a lot of guys that he's he's working with in the Omaha area. You got Keith Massey um, and George Ivanov over in Council Bluffs who are building, you know, kids from Omaha. They, you know, here's iron sharpens iron. They all wrestle to each other and they'll go to one club one night, another club the other night just to get workouts in. It's, it's really exciting for the sport. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, I, I, we're about at the end of the show. I think we talked uh, about everything we had, had listed to talk about. Uh, I can't thank you both enough because, uh, you know, he, he, I joked either the title of the show is going to be Greg gets an education or I think we said it so much iron sharpens iron. Uh, you know, I th- <laughs> it, it could, it could go either way. Um, but, uh, I, I appreciate you both, uh, being on here and it, it, in all sincerity, you know, bolstering my knowledge of the sport that I'm, I'm, I'm growing in appreciation of and, and awareness certainly. Uh, and, and again, to all of the, uh, uh expert, you know, wrestling fans out there i apologize if if any of this was uh uh, any of my uh entry-level questions were were uh uh, a little redundant for you but i appreciate todd and dylan for taking time out uh to to uh help get me up to speed and and provide all the uh uh, updates of everything that's nebraska wrestling uh past present future uh and and that's uh, i think we we kind of encompassed a lot of that and and todd you you'll know it's kind of nice to have a, a episode recording without irrational yelling and swearing. Yeah. Weird. That is kind of weird. That's kind of strange, really. I feel like somebody just needs to, we've got a few minutes left. Somebody just wants to have a, a, um, a expletive laced rant. I'm, I'm for it. Anybody? Well, I think I can, you know, oh, I got, I got a rant for you too. Why? Go. Ahead, though. Why? Go. Okay. Uh, you know, what pisses me off is, <laughs> The Russians get caught doping, but yet they still get a fly under the Russian Olympic Committee name. It has the word Russia in it. They should be the unattached. Put them with the refugee team. No, the refugees are too good. They have character. Dude, to hell with them. <laughs> All right, Todd. What the you- hell? That pisses me off. I'm like, what are they even there for? Yeah, yeah, you would think if you're caught doping, you just can't go. Well, yeah. suppose you can't. You can't. You can't say you you're not Russian, but we're gonna like fly you under the Russian Olympic Committee. It says Russia in the name. Supposedly, they left half of their athletes at home because they tested positive. These are the ones that haven't tested positive in a certain. Yeah, yeah none, none of the wrestlers were left at home. I can tell you that. No, no, jeez, they brought them all. <laughs> they brought them all, and then all their all their guys also transferred to different countries, like Uzbekistan, and they wrestled for them. Yeah, Georgia, so, Uzbekistan, exactly. So I, I I take special pride whenever I see a wrestler beat the hell out of a Russian, an American. Yeah, and, and that's not even political, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's all sportsmanship. Uh, Todd, did you have a rant? Well, I don't have a rant so much as the fact that, you know, I, I was going to throw you one here, Greg, you know, in your area of expertise, because I I ran across a little blip that John Cena is coming back to WWE. And I don't know anything about John Cena or WWE at all. So is, is that a good thing um, or 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 who? Not I, a John Cena fan. I don't know. I, I can't really see him. So. I do have a WWE question for you, John. 
Greg. Okay. I, I got one for you. I apologize. Okay. Um, Gable Stevenson yeah. says that he's going to the WWE after he wins his gold medal. Have you heard anything about that? Is there hype around it? They did something similar with Brock Lesnar. Like they had yeah. conversations with him before his senior year of uh of um college in Minnesota. Um, Same school. Yeah. So there is, uh, and again, I, I I apologize that I even know as much as I know, but there there's <laughs> a there's a, a old time wrestler name that you'll probably know because he had a hell of an amateur career, Jerry Briscoe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he had, he's, he had his, at, at the time when you got to go back 20 years, probably when, when Brock was finishing up college. Right. But, uh, um, yeah. you know, he, he had his eye on, on Brock. And so it wouldn't surprise me if, if Gable Steve, and here's the thing, can you, if you, and I don't know the rules on amateurism in, in the, uh, uh Olympics, but can you be like a, part-time professional wrestler and still, you know, go and be in the Olympics. I, don't, I mean, cause, cause is Gable Stevenson, is he oh, a yeah. one and done Olympian? Yeah. I doubt it. You know, he's not with that much ability. He could, you know, he's young enough and, and talented enough that he could, he could go back two, three more times or two more times. I think that. Gable Stevenson has his eyes set on making the most money of yep. any professional wrestler ever. And yeah, I, I'd honestly, it would not surprise me if Gable Stevenson's career is over at Minnesota. He's not, you know, oh, I, I, I 100% think it is already. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think winning another NCAA championship no. is a goal of his at all. And if he wins, no, he don't care. Yeah. If he wins the Olympic gold medal and maybe even if he doesn't, that might be the last time that you see this guy. Um, if, if he can sign yeah. for a big contract, I don't know that you'll see him back. It, I, uh, so okay, much of that personally, is I don't think he's coming back. To, obviously, I don't think he's coming back to Minnesota um, after this Olympics. I don't honestly think he'll ever wrestle Olympics again. I think he's going to go straight to the WWE, make all that cash. I mean, he's got the persona for it. He's got the athleticism for it. He's got the size. Um, he seems to think that he's going to be, you know, the, the next big thing. So, I mean, I say all the power to him, but like as a rest, as a true wrestling fan, <laughs> Oh, I'd love to see him. It makes, it, it makes me, it makes me really sad that like, we might not ever see him go try to get three gold medals at the Olympics. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, it, and that's the thing too, is it's, uh, and I, I'm, I don't watch the product anymore, but I, I, I see headlines and things like that, but they are, they're dumping talent. They're they're cutting costs right now uh, in right. in uh, Stanford, uh, Connecticut. So I have no idea what the future holds for them. Uh, whatever Gable Stevenson sets his mind to do, sounds like he's you know got the I and mean, he's shown he's got the ability to do pretty much whatever he wants to do on the wrestling mat and and uh, maybe in life as well. So all we can do, I guess, is wish him luck. Wish him luck into the remainder of the Olympics uh, or however, as long as the Olympic career is and whatever uh, he's going to have to, the only way that you make it in professional wrestling, I can tell you this is by being someone that the audience can get behind. 
one way or another. Either they love you or they hate you. Maybe he's that gold medalist who comes in, hopefully gold medalist, and uh, uh, comes in with the with a chip on his shoulder and a, and and over overly egotistical things like that, and, and the fans boo him. Or you know he comes in the white meat baby face like Kurt Angle did, and and uh, you know he's the all American hero and everybody loves him. But if if you can't get the crowd behind you, then then you're flat and you're going to be gone in 18 months. So that's all I can tell you about right. about pro wrestling and you know my extensive pro wrestling knowledge. Thanks, Todd. Um, but uh, <laughs> good luck to him wherever he is. Uh, good luck to uh, all the all the Husker wrestlers. Uh, um, you know if they're still competing in in some off season stuff, and certainly feel like you know we're we're in August already. So actual you know, Husker wrestling season is going to start here, be here before you know it. Be exciting to, uh, keep track, keep tabs on them. And I'll, I'll be getting all of my Husker wrestling news right here on coronation.com. Thanks to Dylan's excellent coverage. So Dylan, thanks for all you do, uh, and getting the word out for, uh, wrestling. I, I, I've heard it. I've seen it in comments and I've seen it in the Slack chat room is that you have better wrestling coverage here for us at coordination than, uh, the, uh, Lincoln Journal star Omaha World Herald. So, uh, tip of the cap to you for all that you do, man. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's low bar though. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll wh- tell you what, I, whether you jump over it or step over it, you're still over it. So exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's and, true. and, and yeah, undercompensated. Yeah, I appreciate that. Dylan, I've got, a, I've got a good close personal friend that's no longer with us who was at the top of the game, Dan McCool, and uh, who, who passed a couple years ago. And uh, I tell you what, I think Dan McCool would really appreciate the, the, the writing that you're doing for the sport. And, uh, you know, it's you, you do a you do a great job. And Coronation is very lucky to have you. Amen. Co-signed. Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. That is it for uh, this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We appreciate everybody tuning in. And again, thanks to Dylan and Todd for uh, joining me here to talk all things wrestling, even more than I thought we were going to get into when we start talking (laughs) W's in in the name. Uh, So for uh, Dylan, for Todd, I'm Greg Mahochko. This has been the Five Heart Podcast, where we, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Todd? Go Big Red! Dylan, you can chime in with closing thoughts if you wanted. <laughs> Todd, uh, Team USA. There you Maybe. go.